This is the Show It Off podcast, where we are shamelessly and unapologetically confident. I am your host, Sarah Faye Schaff, confidence coach and yoga and meditation teacher, founding director of the self-esteem building nonprofit youth program, (laughs) Miracle Girls. This podcast is to support you on your journey to being the most bold, authentic, and self-loving you have ever been. I teach tools that work, share entertaining conversations, and inspiring stories, which I share every Monday here on the Show It Off podcast. I have a lot more coming for you to bolster you on your journey, including videos to help you start a yoga practice or shift the intention of your existing yoga practice in the direction of helping you build self-love. In addition, the upcoming online course, Peacock School, is built to retrain your brain from a limited fear-based mentality to a loving, unlimited thinking style that helps you build the life of your dreams, one that is rooted in confidence. The only way you can get access to this course and more from me is to sign up with your email address at sarahfayshoff.com. The link is in the bio. When you do, you will automatically receive a five-video yoga for confidence package. If you live on the big island of Hawaii, I'd love to see you at the Yoga for Confidence class series I am hosting at Hilo Shala. For more on that, go to hiloshala.com. Welcome to episode 19 of the Show It Off podcast. Today we are talking about confidence in creating boundaries. This is something that I've seen as a really common conversation within my circle of friends and clients and family members. And so I just thought it'd be important to bring it up today. I think often we are taught things that aren't exactly in line with our self-love goals when it comes to creating boundaries. And we are going to rearrange that today because what happens when we don't have healthy boundaries for ourselves? Often we can feel used. We... Um, are finding ourselves in abusive and and toxic relationships. Um, People who don't have boundaries are often more depressed or prone to depression and experience more trauma and have self-defeating patterns. Arguably, you may say that people who don't have a strong sense of boundaries are more likely to be raped or molested. And in general, just don't have um, a very good relationship with themselves because they are the ones allowing themselves to be um, used or in this unhealthy relationship because they haven't learned how to create boundaries. And I'm just not okay with any of that for anybody. And learning how to have boundaries um, takes intention. And that is what we are going to accomplish today. So one area where people tend to have a hard time um, 
creating boundaries is when others ask them for help. So maybe it's a coworker or your partner, your, your husband or wife, your child even, um, and someone needs your help. And I mean, I know that for our children, we would do anything, but I think it's still healthy for us to teach our children by example, how to have healthy boundaries. I mean, I know I'm already dealing this with this with my daughter, who's only three. So I can imagine as they get older, it's even more of an issue <laughs> and a need. So if someone asks you for help, like say it's a coworker or just a friend, here is um, a script that you can go over and, and also questions you can ask yourself to know whether helping this person is going to be right for you or not. So um, the first thing I would ask myself is, will I be overextended if I help this person with this thing that they're asking? Or is this something that I can manage with grace? So if someone asks you for a favor, you want to be a good friend, you want to be a good coworker, you want to help them, um, but you have to be sure that you're actually able to help them. You know, if you say yes to a favor that you can't really follow through on, I know I've done this myself a lot, is not a good friend move for one, and it's really not um, putting yourself in a good position. And you're the one putting yourself in that position. Like we are when we do that. And so it creates a distrust within ourselves. And that's not really helpful for a self-loving feeling. So sometimes people tell me they have a hard time loving themselves. And it's like these little actions add up and this is why. So we're really going to get down as the episodes progress into the root of these um, feelings. So will I be overextended if I help with this or is it something I can manage with grace? Another question to ask yourself uh, when someone asks you for a favor is where is the balance in this karmic exchange? So if it feels off, um, maybe there is something this person can help you with that will make it easier for you to help them with what they are asking for. You know, some of us um, attract friends or, or, you know, find ourselves working with people who um, see that you're kind and that you want to help and that you, um, maybe you um, will put yourself on the back burner for others and they see that as an opportunity and they can like jump on you for that. But if you ask yourself this question, oh, does the karmic exchange feel off? And then you may notice, oh, wow, like... 10 times in a row, they've asked me to, uh, for a favor, asked me to help with something, but I haven't asked them the same thing. So it feels off. So you can either like address that. You can bring that up to the friend or something that may feel less confrontational and easier is to ask them for some help. You're like, oh yeah, I would love to help you move on Saturday, but I really need help like hanging all these blinds. Are you like, do you have the tools? Are you able to help me hang these blinds? And then I'll have the, the bandwidth to help you, you know, with what you need. So that's just an example, but something like that may make it feel better for you to help somebody when they ask you for help rather than the alternative choice, which is just like putting your needs um, on the back burner again and again. Um, overextending yourself to help someone all because like you're a people pleaser and you want to do what you think is the right thing. But if it's not the right thing for you, how is it the right thing? You know, it has to be right for everybody in order for it to feel um, truly right. 
Okay, so um, I also want to point out that whenever we are off balance in any way, everything can feel off. And it's not anyone else's responsibility to keep us in balance. So checking in, am I off balance right now? And finding a way to reorganize things so you are in balance. And that can mean like working more than you're resting or playing more than you're accomplishing or giving more than you're taking or taking more than you're giving. You know, it's like there's many, many layers um, of balance. And a gentle reminder (laughs) is that your yoga practice will help you with acquiring and maintaining balance. Because how we um, how we move on the mat is a microcosm for how we move off the mat and how we live our lives. So there's the shameless yoga plug right there, you guys. <laughs> so something else I'd like to say about boundaries is um, there is a here's a script for you for if somebody asks you for a favor. Or um, maybe they're presenting you with an opportunity or just a question. And sometimes, especially if you're a people pleaser, you might feel the need to respond right away. Maybe they're even kind of putting the pressure on you. Oh, I need an answer. Like, I'm making this phone call. What's your answer? Like, are you in? Are you going to do this? And that's... um, you don't have to take that. Like you can create a boundary for yourself that gives you the time and space that you need to accurately answer this question. And not everybody just operates in a knee jerk, I know exactly what I need, I can make decisions really fast kind of way. And I think that that's great. If you are a person who needs to tune in, who needs to meditate or pray on something before you answer, then honor that and give yourself the bound, create the boundary that you have the time to do that. So if somebody calls you with an opportunity or asks you for a favor, the script you can use in that moment is, oh, okay, I hear what you're saying. I need a chance to think about this. I'll call you back in 24 hours or two days, like whatever, however much time you need, tell them that and then follow through and decide within that time and call them back with your answer. The more you do this, the more you're training the people around you how to treat you. And because you're understanding it for yourself, you're sticking to your guns, you're following through, they will start to learn and treat you accordingly. Like they might even start calling you like, I have this opportunity. Um, you know, I know, I know you need two days to think about it. So I'll call you back in two days. You'll see like people respond to it. We respond to each other. Um, then remember to be aware of your own triggers and what you need and express what you need to others. And, um, like if you need somebody to respect something about you, they can only do that if you let them know what you need. Okay, so I'm going to give you an example. A dear friend of mine has a beautiful home and she's very a very gracious host. She's very giving, she's very accommodating. She's also a bit of a people pleaser. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she found that something like she would always tell her friends and like everybody she knows really like you're always welcome to come by she lives in um a part of town that's really central so you know if people are like um just tend to be near her house often 
And so she would say to them like, oh, if you're nearby and you need to like, you know, use the bathroom or like whatever, like she would just extend her home to people. And she's very gracious about that. But then she would find that people would take her saying that and they would just pop in. Oh, I'm in the neighborhood. I just thought I'd drop by, you know, because of what she said. And like she extended the grace of the hospitality, but she forgot to make a boundary around it. And so it didn't feel good when people were just popping in, especially it didn't feel good to her because in this specific situation, she had an ex-boyfriend who would just pop in unannounced and uninvited. And she, it was really, um, it got to the point where it was even scary for her and she had to call the cops and ask him to stop coming and they broke up and he just kept coming. And so it became like this deep emotional wound for her. So then when like a random friend who had nothing to do with this ex-boyfriend would just pop in, it was a trigger, which means it reminded her of a pain from the past and it felt worse than it actually was because of her experience, which this innocent friend could never know without her telling. So do you see how it's real, why and how it's really important for us to express our needs to our friends and you know to everybody in our lives because we can't expect them to read our minds and know. So now what she does is she says to her friends, oh, you're always welcome. All that I ask is that you give me a heads up and let me know if you're going to drop by because unexpected guests doesn't feel good to me. So now she's acting in a a strong, rooted place of self-love and she's confidently sharing with um, the people in her life that she loves being a great host and she has this boundary around it. And I'm so proud of her for honoring herself in that and everybody around her respects that. It's it's really um, a beautiful dance and it's teaching others how to treat her. It's just so good. So you can see, you can apply that example to other areas in your own life. <clears throat> so now that brings me to the idea of um, immediacy when it comes to, like it's an expectation of immediacy when it comes to um, reaching out to people. Like we have so many ways that we communicate now. There's, you know, this phone calls, text messages, Facebook messenger, Instagram, emails, FaceTime, I mean, whatever, you know, um, and it becomes overwhelming if you have a high expectation on yourself of how and when to respond to everybody. Some people just take the course of like, I'm never going to respond and I just ignore all my messages and that can create problems in your relationships. Um, so let's not go like to one from one extreme to another, but rather finding a healthy balance and creating a boundary around response time to your um, messages and emails. And I don't know what you call those. Like, how could we word? <laughs> how could we group all of those in one word? I'm not really sure. But um, when somebody reaches out to you, um, a really great way to create a boundary around responding is to schedule in your week or in your day, however you want to put it, um, for responding. So for me, like I'm pretty much MIA on my phone on the weekends. Like I just want to spend time with my daughter and I, I schedule things ahead of time that I know will be put me in nature and in time with friends and I'm going to be present with the friends that I'm with. So if I get a phone call or a text message during the weekend, I know that I don't, I'm not going to respond like most likely. <laughs> and I know that when I'm finished with my work day, I'm self-employed. 
So my work day, I have to make my own schedule. And when I finish with my work day, that is when I am going to respond to all the text messages and phone calls and DMs and whatever that I get. I set aside an hour or so to do that. And I'll even, I even have like a copy and paste thing I can write to people when I say like, yes, I will respond to this in a few hours. Like if, the, if they're hounding you or if you just want to let them know that you saw it and you will respond when you have time. And that's a great, a great practice because, you know, you can be, say you're working on a project that's important to you. Like for me, an example is I'm working on my podcast episode, but I'm getting all these text messages. And if I responded to each one within my work hours, then I would, it would take me forever to finish. First of all, it would ruin my train of thought. And, um, it would just, it's just like putting myself on the back burner and my podcast is very important to me. So when I'm working on it, I put my phone on don't disturb and I don't, they they're just don't bother me. And then I know that, you know, when, um, two o'clock runs or rolls by, if I finished everything, which sometimes it takes longer, then I will respond to everybody. So you can set something up like that too for your, um, your life and um, create a boundary about texts and phone calls. Okay, another great way to have boundaries um, is to um, be able to communicate them really well. Um, I know that when I first started creating boundaries for myself, I'm, I can be a very direct person and that doesn't always behoove me when it comes to conveying a message and wanting to be heard. I've talked about this on the podcast before. We're going to talk about it again in the future because it's really important to learn how to frame things so that others can hear it. So um, here's an example. I, um, I got this question from a listener and it was about um, helping a coworker. Um, here's the question: My coworker keeps asking me to help her with her workload. If I help her and I am behind, then I am behind with my work. How can I tell her no without being a bad coworker? This makes me feel bad about myself, and I don't feel confident around how to respond to this. Okay, so that's a great question, right? So to that, I would say to your coworker, this is what I would, how I would frame it. I understand how you feel um, because I feel the same way. Like if you're, you're overloaded in your workload, um, I know I need a certain amount of time to get my tasks done. Something that helps me is to schedule my time better and I use this app to do it, say. Um, maybe this app could help you too. And I can see on my calendar that I need all of this time to meet my deadlines so I don't have any um, extra time to help you with yours. I hope that this app and this idea of scheduling your time really tightly can help you finish your tasks. So you see, it's like that's like a lot. It's a very wordy answer, but the gist of it is you're recognizing the other person's request or need or feeling. I hear you. The people want to be validated. They want to be heard. I hear you that you have um, a big workload and that you feel like perhaps you can't accomplish it on your own. Then you say your piece. I also have a big workload and know that I need this certain amount of time to f- meet my deadlines. Um, and then maybe you can offer um, you know, a tool that's helped you. People really like it if it's if it's been um, like a tried and true um, 
situation. Like I know I respect something so much more if someone's had the personal experience of it rather than just like reading about it or someone else telling them. So it's like, hey, this what works for me, this app that helps me organize my day, maybe it will help you too. Like a lot of times people have more time than they think they do because they're wasting their time on like driving or um scrolling on Instagram or watching TV, you know, like if you research how much time people waste watching TV, it's like sickening. It's like years of their life. So, you know, getting people to be aware of that rather than taking time from you, like helping them reorganize their time. Like this is just an example, but you get the idea. Okay. And then closing it with, you know, what you need again, you know, just being like, I'm not able to help you you know, good luck. And remember, you don't need to say you're sorry. You don't have anything to be sorry for. Just honoring what you need is self-loving and fine. Okay. There's no, it's not being selfish to, um, to take care of your own needs this way. You're not, this is why it's not selfish, by the way, you guys, it's not selfish because you're instead of expecting others to meet your needs, you're meeting your own needs. I think it's much more selfish to expect others to like babysit you and, you know, meet your needs and hold you like you can do this for yourself. And that's, um, a lot less selfish in my opinion. Okay. So what if your boundaries are not being respected in any type of relationship? I mean, this could be your marriage. This could be your relationship with your parents, your friends, your coworkers, your boss, anybody. We all, like us all relationships, anytime you're relating with another human being. So what if you've made your boundaries and they're not being respected? So what I would say first and foremost is do what you can to remove yourself from that or any other toxic or abusive relationship. If you're not sure if you are in an abusive relationship, this actually happened to me. I'm speaking from experience. My friends were telling me I was in an abusive relationship. I wasn't sure if it was accurate because I was being abused. And when you're being abused, you're not sure about a lot of things. So I went ahead and Googled a domestic violent or a domestic abusive relationship. And it was like, hello. It was very clear to me that I was in one. I saw the the wheel of um, abuse. I read all about it. I watched dozens and dozens of YouTube videos. I educated myself and I was like, whoa, I didn't even realize. I see now I am indeed in um, an abusive uh, or toxic relationship. So um, educate yourself. If you are in um, that sort of relationship, um, you know, be aware and break yourself free. But some relationships are not ideal or possible to break away from. Like if it's your child or your parent, like, I mean, maybe you can break away from your parents if you want to, but most people don't want to. Anyways, you get the idea. If you are willing to work on this relationship and it's not absolutely abusive and it's just like needs some tweaking, I would suggest learning about codependency. So codependency education may be in order if you find yourself in in a relationship of any kind where you find that your boundaries are not being respected. The Google definition of codependency is a pattern of behavior in which you find yourself dependent on approval from someone else for your self-worth and identity. So you can see how this is a major topic, in my opinion, when it comes to building 
radical self-love and unwavering confidence. If our validation must come from another person, you are fucked. <laughs> okay, you guys, this is not healthy. This is not okay. This is not self-loving. Your self-worth must come from within. And if you are having a hard time with that, you are not alone. Babe, that's okay. You just need to learn more about it and retrain your mind and learn how to find that validation from within. You are already listening to this podcast. You are on the right track. And I'm going to continue to help you with this. Codependent relationships signify a degree of unhealthy clinginess where one person doesn't have self-sufficiency or autonomy. One or both persons depend on their loved one for fulfillment or for another person for fulfillment. That is not healthy. So let's talk about codependency some more and help you to identify if you are dealing with codependency. Are you unable to find satisfaction in your life outside of a specific person? Do you recognize unhealthy behaviors with this person but stay around them um, or just let things continue as they are even though they feel bad or wrong? Are you supporting this person at the cost of your own mental, emotional, and physical health? If you said yes to this, you need to know that you are in a toxic, unhealthy, and personally damaging relationship with this person. Giving up your own needs and identity to meet the needs of another person has unhealthy short-term and long-term consequences. You can come, become burnt out, exhausted, and begin to neglect other relationships like and ruin your career. You can isolate yourself from having friends and much more. If you're the enabler in a codependent relationship, meaning you promote the other person's dysfunctions, you can prevent them from learning common and needed life lessons. You know, so basically you're not helping them even though you think you are. Like people need to learn from themselves sometimes. So don't foster codependency. Don't enable because ultimately you're hurting yourself and the other person, whether that be your child or your lover or anybody. Okay. I think it's easy to do that with our children. Um, but I always have to remind myself when I create boundaries between me and my daughter, which sometimes feels unnatural because she came from within me, I can understand that being hard for a parent. Um, but what I have to remind myself is that I'm teaching her how to create boundaries for herself. I'm teaching her by example when I create boundaries for myself, even from her. Okay, so characteristics of a codependent individual. So if you're not sure, like, I mean, you're like, this kind of sounds like me or my, my boyfriend or whoever. I'm not quite sure. I'm going to clarify for you a little bit more. Um, Characteristics of a codependent individual are they tend to be a caregiver, a people pleaser, um, they have trouble with in emotional intimacy, they have a sense of responsibility for others' feelings, they fear rejection, fear being alone, and um, taking any negative comments or criticism can feel like a personal attack. So if that's you or somebody that you know, you just be aware of this. And then once you decide that you are codependent or that you're with somebody or dealing with somebody who's codependent, I would highly suggest, number one, like first and foremost, learn, like become more um, educated on this topic 
and remember that you are your own person. You are not incomplete without another person. Your feelings are your own responsibility and everyone else is like everyone else is responsible for their own um, emotions, their own feelings. A great resource um, to educate yourself more on this topic is the book Codependent No More, How to Stop Controlling Others and Start Caring for Yourself. This is by um, Melody Beattie, B-E-A-T-T-I-E, Codependent No More. And if you're not a reader, just remember there's Audible and you can just like have someone read the book to you. It's really awesome, especially if you're busy, you can just put in your earbuds and listen while you drive. Okay, um, the second step uh, to overcoming codependency is to um, be highly aware. As you learn more about codependency, be on the lookout for words, thoughts, feelings, or behaviors that you engage in that are codependent. So, um, identify and reframe them in your mind. So here's an example. People who are codependent have um, a strong belief that they are responsible for other people's feelings. So to reframe that, like say if the example is like your mom is mad. So a codependent person would be like, my mom is mad. I need to fix her. Now I'm mad. I have to be mad because she's mad. We're mad together. And it's like, it's just really unhealthy. There's no differentiation between you and her. So the reframe would be, my mom is mad right now, but her happiness is not my responsibility. I do not have to feel mad because she is having a hard day. That's an example of a way that you can reframe a previously codependent thought. Therapy can also be helpful for healing this as as it's often a deep-rooted issue. So when it comes to codependency, be careful um, not to teach codependency to your children. Or if you're a leader, don't teach codependency to um, your staff or your followers or whoever it is that you're leading. So um, an example of teaching codependency in our children, or like if you're a teacher, maybe this is something that it would come up for you. An example is like, oh, um, your sister is sad. Go make her feel better. It's like teaching them that it's their responsibility to fix the other person's emotion. Um, So I really feel that this is like an innocent thing that parents accidentally teach and it comes from a place of wanting to teach their children empathy and empathy um, and what's the other word for empathy um compassion (laughs) empathy and compassion are definitely important things to teach our children and i think that the real ability for empathy and compassion doesn't develop in the brain until after the teen years so let's just keep that in mind but we can use our words to um, bring some awareness to compassion so the reframe um, would be something like um Hey, um, you know, can I put my hand on your back? I like, I see that you're sad. Can I put my hand on your back so you feel supported while you release your emotions or while you get all your sad out? If they're younger, you can say it like that. I love you and I see that you're sad. I'm here to listen if you would like to talk about it. So you see, it's like you're teaching that you, um, you know, 
are compassionate for other people's feelings, but it doesn't mean you need to take them on. You can be grounded. You can have that little bubble of protection around yourself and support somebody else in what they're going through without taking it on for yourself. Um, And then if it comes to children and like siblings, for instance, reiterate um, that their feelings are not theirs and that we can be witness and hold space for another person without taking it on as their own. Okay, so some ways to help you um, really be rooted in who you are and what your feelings are and not take them on, not taking other people's on, is to remember to spend time alone, to connect with your own feelings and your own needs. Decide what your own boundaries are and then stick to them. You know, remember, you teach others how to treat you. So if you follow through on your boundaries, then others will too. So there's something I want to bring up um, now that we're on this subject of compassion and empathy is that there is a group of humans in this planet who are empaths. And this is something I had to understand about myself. I never, um, I never knew this was me until a lot of self-growth um, and self-awareness and understanding about myself. So... Um, What is an empath, if you don't know? An empath is a person with the paranormal ability to um, apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual. If this is you, it can be really hard to create boundaries, but it is possible. I know from from personal experience. Um, I have been an empath my whole life, and it was really confusing to me until I learned what this is. So let me um, shed some more light on an empath for you. Empaths are highly sensitive. They absorb other people's emotions unintentionally. Um, Some empaths are introverted, but not all. I'm very extroverted and I know that I'm an empath. So that's just like sometimes people are introverted as an empath. Empaths are highly intuitive, although they might not always realize it. Um, They might have been taught to ignore their intuition. But naturally speaking, we are very intuitive. Um, Empaths need alone time. It's very important for, I think, everybody to have alone time, but for empaths especially, because if you don't root in who you are and check in with yourself on a regular basis, you can acquire so many other people's um, emotions and energies that it almost becomes impossible to navigate who you are within that. So clearing your energy um, returning other people's energy with a meditation, um, int- an, an intended meditation to clear your energy on a regular basis is really important. I sage and Palo Santo my house every single day and my body and my daughters and our bed. And like, it's very um, important to me, like after we come in from being out all day to clear the energy. Um, empaths can become overwhelmed in intimate relationships. This has definitely been true for me. Like all of my relationships have ended at the two and a half to three year mark because around that time is when I start to um, freak out. I'm like, where am I? (laughs) Where am I in this? Like I become so um, entangled in another person's life and it's very overwhelming for me. So I am in a place where I am learning how to... um, 
create that boundary and to be in a healthy relationship so that I can be in a long-term relationship without losing myself. And this is something we talk about on the podcast a lot because it's an issue we all deal with. Um, but empaths especially. Empaths are target for en- targets for energy vampires. And if so if you're like, what's the deal? <laughs> you know, all of my friends and everybody that I'm intimate with and like, I just keep attracting all these people who just like are constantly asking me for favors and constantly like, can I, can I pick your brain? Like, I need to talk. Like, are you available? Like, blah, blah, blah. I am one of those people and I just get that constantly. And I am thankful for that because I learned how to harness it into a career that is meaningful to me. I'm a confidence coach because I've spent so many years just like giving out free help and advice to people who um, have realized that um, I'm going to give it, you know, and it's not always like this word vampire. I mean, it sounds kind of mean like people are just like sucking it out of you and they're just like hateful but that's not always the case it can often just be like your friends who you love who are just going through a hard time and they just see that you're like this beacon of light and that they're gonna come to you for that Um, and that's okay especially if you create boundaries around it like for me like I'm like uh, if you'd like to be my client you know here is a client application here is my protocol here is my curriculum here is my fee this is what I charge so then for me I can give and I know that I'm not being taken advantage of I'm rather supporting my family with my gift so you know keep that in mind for yourself empaths also become replenished in nature so this I think also it can be true for everybody but I don't know maybe it's just because I'm coming from a place of an empath that I feel like this but nature time in nature is one of the four pillars of my miracle girls youth program I find everybody can benefit from getting off of their computers off of their phones away from the TV out of their houses and just like in the dirt among the trees, hiking, swimming, like get in the water. I don't care if it's at your public park. Like I remember when I lived in New York City, I would make a point to go to Central Park every day because I needed to feel the grass under my feet. And if it was winter, I didn't go out at all. And I also felt like it was really hard for me to get through the winter there. So, you know, that's why I live in Hawaii because I can be outside half naked like all year long and that really works for me. So, you know, that's again part of like understanding what you need and making that available in your life, doing whatever you need to do to make that possible. Empaths have a highly tuned senses. So we're really sensitive. And like, like if you notice that like, you know how when you don't put your seatbelt on, you're driving your car and it starts going ding, 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 like that little tiny thing, which like could not bother certain people it actually makes me like instantly go insane. Like it's so interesting to me. It's like, like just people who have autism, for instance, are like highly sensitive about stimuli like that, whether it be like noise or lights or just like um, chaos. And I'm that type of person. Like if I walk into somebody's house and it's a huge mess, I have a very hard time. Like I want to leave immediately. I want to eject myself from that because I'm really sensitive and it just feels that that chaos, I don't want to step into it. Um, You know, so just uh, recognize that about yourself. And that's, if that's the 
case, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. It's good to be aware of it. And then maybe, you know, care for yourself in a way where you're like, okay, I don't like going to that friend's house because it's chaos and that doesn't feel good to me. Or I always remember to put my seatbelt on immediately so I don't hear that noise when I drive away, (laughs) you know. Um, And lastly, this is the 10th point about being an empath. Empaths have a huge heart, but sometimes tend to give too much. So just be aware of that. Like, are you overextending yourself? And that is a a good question to be aware of and um, uh, extra reason to create a strong boundary. So I recommend, if you'd like to learn more about being an empath, I recommend um, Judith Orloff, M-D-O-R. L-O-F-F. She's a New York Times bestselling author of the books, The Empath Survival Guide, um, Life Strategies for Sensitive People, Thriving as an Empath, and Emotional Freedom. So, I mean, one of the reasons why I have a podcast, you guys, is because I use podcasts a lot to help me in my journey um, for learning about myself, for my career, for... Um, just education. And I also use books the same way. I go to the library every single week. I'm an avid reader. And if I don't have the time I want to um, actually read books, I'll have them read to me um, while I'm doing my chores and cleaning the house and stuff like that. So just, you know, I know I've hear, I just say that because I hear a lot of people these days being like, I don't read which just makes me sick. (laughs) Please, let's not be a generation that doesn't read, you guys. Um, And if you really, 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 really can't read, then at least let someone read a book to you and get an audible book. Okay, so with all that said, just remember, you guys, it's not selfish to create boundaries. It is a reasonable, healthy approach to relating to others, to loving yourself, to... um, like treating yourself with respect and teaching others how you expect to be treated. So to finish (laughs) with today's episode, I have a question for you, my dear listeners. What is, here's the question, are you ready? (laughs) What is the number one thing blocking you from having the confidence that you want? If you would take the time to think about and let me know the answer to this question, it would really help me with providing content that will serve you. You can answer this question by emailing me at showitoffpodcast at gmail.com or you can DM me on Instagram at the handle showitoffpodcast. I would really, really love to know what is the number one thing blocking you from having the confidence that you desire. Thank you so much for listening to the Show It Off podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing it with at least one friend right now. Thank you for leaving a review on Apple Podcasts so other people can find this podcast. And thank you for going to sarahfayshoff.com to sign up to be a part of the community and get more support from me in your self-love journey. Thank you so much for being a part of this and for listening once again. You are perfectly made, so go ahead and show it off.
Show it off, show it off, show it off. I pick up a drink, kind of spinning my little dress. Give it up, give it up.